Welcome to Smart Branding, a podcast dedicated to branding, naming, and domain names. I'm Tatiana Bono, and with my guests, we try to help you create and grow strong, memorable, and meaningful brands online. I believe time is one of our most precious assets, and so I want to thank you in advance if you decide to spend the next 30 minutes with us. I promise to do my best to make those worth it. Let's go. So today our guest is Chad Sowash. Am I pronouncing that correct? Sowash, yes. It's actually uh, French. It was Sauvage. Oh, really? Um, Sauvage, oh. yes. And when we came, when came to the, the U.S., much like most immigrants, uh, whenever they said their last name, the, the person who just knew English just spelled it the way that they thought it sounded. So it went from, right. it, it changed to, to, to Sowash. Nice. Oh, Sauvage. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. So, yeah, Tad has a background in uh, military and HR and is, uh, shall we say, the better half of Tad and Cheese podcast? <laughs> of course. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, well, the, since since you're there. So, yeah, that's such that's <laughs> pandering. It's OK. Pandering's good. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you. Thank you for making the time, Tad. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on, Tatiana. Uh, let's start with a little bit of a background. So how, how did you get from military to, to podcast in HR? Yeah, good question. It was a long journey. Uh, I was in the military, actually got out after four years being active. I got into the corporate world. Uh, I stayed in the reserve portion of the military, but, uh, but, but I did go into the corporate world and I ended up in radio for a few years which is really interesting because it radio was just starting to turn digital. It was analog and it was going digital. So I was able to learn a lot of the technologies that we use today in podcasting for, for editing and, and producing and those types of things. Uh, I was recruited away from uh, radio into a little company that was yet to be launched called Monster.com, uh, which was the biggest job search site back in the day. And in 1999, we launched Monster.com. We did Super Bowl commercials, crazy parties, all that other fun stuff. So I, I was able to be around during a humongous brand launch. And that was really, you know, I worked for some really cool local brands before, but this was an international brand that was being uh, launched on, on a much larger stage. Uh, and I've been in this industry ever since. So almost 25 years, uh, I've worked for a variety of different companies and leadership positions uh, around business development, sales, and definitely always linked to marketing and branding because you can't have really robust long-term relationship building sales unless you have a great brand, <laughs> unless you're focusing on the, the right message and those types of things. My last position, I was actually with Ronstad, which is the big, biggest staffing organization in the world. Uh, I was in a leadership position there de developing um, talent pipelines for the military and veteran community. And, uh, and when I got out of that, I was just done. I, ha I had to do my own thing. Uh, I, I, I uh, started backup uh, consulting practice. And my friend had just started Cheese. He had just started a startup. And at that point, I was like, look, we need to get our voices out there. Let's do this podcast thing. And this is around 2016. Well, it took me about a year to get his ass off the couch. Uh, and then, and then <laughs> let's just let's just pile it on whilst we're not there. <laughs> and then and then we, we started it. And about six months into it, we exploded. And, you know, there are several reasons behind that, which we can go into. But, you know, we the, the podcast has been our major 
focus uh, mm. since uh, probably 2019. So it's 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 been a great ride. Oh. So actually, if I understand correctly, it, the podcast started as the side thing and then became the main thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Started started oh. to be kind of like the side hustle to some extent, and mm. then yes, it just it exploded, became the main thing. So that's what we do today, and uh, it's been a blast. So I saw you you have the chat tees which kind of uh, it's obviously your names put together as the brand name how did you how did you come up with that you know it's, it's kind of obvious but yeah <laughs> still why why that why not something else whenever you're looking for a brand it's incredibly hard these days especially when you're trying to go international to, to find a word and or words that aren't already used and then you take a look at the domains domains are the most important thing when you're trying to do something on scale uh, especially with podcasting which is digital right uh, and you want to have that digital presence so we we uh, obviously the Chad and cheese his name is Joel Cheeseman he's the cheese I'm the Chad uh, that was was kind of simple we went and checked out domains uh, we bought chadcheese.com chad and cheese.com which redirects back to Chad cheese uh, we bought a variety of other ones that we we want to we, we also redirected but we'll probably use it a later date but that's the thing is that when you're looking for and it's not easy when you're looking for a company name or a brand uh there many of them are already taken especially just the common ones right so mm -hmm. you've got to look past that and that's we were lucky enough to have chad and cheese and nobody else was using it <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's quite unique i did notice that you registered the with and without the end and i was like okay so those guys are serious <laughs> and uh, it does it does send that message and i don't think it's just me and i oftentimes say that to to people like i'm looking at it because it's you know it's part of my job and i have that like i'm walking around the street and going aha they have whatever do they know <laughs> it, it's just it's just yeah it's horrible but you know i, I don't want to imagine what doctors think when they're walking around and um but yeah. I often say that to entrepreneurs that like I'm looking at it in that way, but the average regular normal user, they may not think about it. But like if, you know, you're called Chad and Cheese, your main domain name is Chad Cheese and somebody ends up sending an email to or typing what they heard Chad and Cheese.com and they don't find you. Right. That's like disrespect to them. You know, you've just wasted their time. Yeah. yeah. You've got to make it easy. And that's what that's what branding sales messaging should be about I, I i work with startups a lot and most of them try to really work on the side of complexity because what they do is different than everybody else and it's like no <laughs> you know you've got you've got to focus on if it is different you have to be incredibly simple right and and i go by the the, the kiss method keep it simple stupid because you mm. need to keep it simple because I'm stupid, right? That, mm. That's what it comes down to. Uh, so whenever we're doing something, Joel and I are always bouncing things back and forth. And when things get too complex, we're like, is that simple enough? Because it mm. has to be simple. Mm. I don't remember who said it. It must be someone smart, but there, there was that saying of like, if you can't explain your subject of expertise, your subject of interest, well enough to a level where a three-year-old can understand it, then you don't know yeah. it well enough. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is our our, our uh, byline is the Chad and Cheese HR's most dangerous podcast, right? Mm. That's ju that's just what we are. Uh, we can yeah. have different discussions into that, but it's also got to be something that's alluring, something that kind of drags you in and says, okay, what makes you the most dangerous podcaster? You, you know what I mean? Yeah, what makes you the most dangerous podcast? 
<laughs> well, I, right out of the gate, it's it's funny because our whole thought process was most of the HR podcasts out there are boring as hell. And, you know, our, our space really isn't boring, but from the outside looking in, if you listen to these podcasts, they were boring. So what we wanted to do is we thought, what would two guys in a bar at a conference, what would that sound like? Uh, well, it wouldn't sound like any of these po- these podcasts. Mm. Um, there would be expletives, obviously be dropping F-bombs. You would be talking exactly how you feel. You wouldn't have this politically correct thing that you had to say. You just said what you felt and it was what it was and allow things to drop where they, they may. And we're like, let's try that with a podcast. And because nobody's doing it. So there was a gap. Um, I automatically thought that, uh, you know, kind of like the the older female demographic would not enjoy that because there are a couple of white dudes. There's enough of that already. Right. I get that at the office, um, but they love it because for the most part, we have people coming up to us at events saying you were saying what I've been thinking for 20 or 30 years. Mm-hmm. So we, we, we've been embraced by the, by the, uh, by the, the community, not just guys who look like us, but people who mm-hmm. don't even closely resemble us, which is awesome. And it makes, that's the thing that makes me the most happy. Mm. And you touched on a bit, because obviously like if, if the podcast was nonsensical and just like everybody else, it wouldn't have took off, right. wouldn't have taken off. Yeah. That's that's a given. So you you have to have the good, like in your case, is product. In in somebody else's case, like amongst our listeners, if they have whatever software or whatever product, you have to start. You now the basis is it has to be good. Like you can't branding can't save you, naming can't save you if your product yeah. is shitty. Um. So, but you've also invested. Like I can see your t-shirts, and I looked at your website and, and, and you have like a, a lot of following and a lot of very engaged following. So how, how yeah. did you achieve that? Yeah, well, we were lucky enough re- very early on to connect with a, a group called The Gathering. Actually, it's an event called The Gathering that happens in Banff, Canada, and, is, and it has been ranked as the number one Forbes uh, business of must attend events. And we were asked to come there and speak. And uh, this whole idea of the cult gathering is branding. How do brands like Apple, how do they mm. create cult brands? How do you get people to stand outside and wait hours to, to spend mm. money on an overpriced phone, right? How do you do that? <laughs> so we partnered very closely with them to be able to learn from these brands. And I mean, it's probably one of the best events we've ever been to in our lives. Uh, and we said, that's who we want to be. And that's really kind of like the track that we had been taking in the first place, that people who follow us, they don't just follow us. We have cult followers, people who wear our gear, people mm. who, you know, they, they sign up for promotions and giveaways. They come to uh, events uh, to see us. They buy us beers at events. They want to take us out to, to dinner and things like that. And And, and for us, I mean... Somebody else paying for dinner is nice, but what I love is being able to see their reaction and their engagement with us, which means that we have become that cult brand. And, Mm. uh, you know, it again, you have to be different. And and there's got to be one thing that I think that many companies are afraid of. They're afraid uh, to say something that is going to turn somebody off. And, and from our standpoint, we don't have that problem because we know if we turn you off, you're not our people, right? Mm-hmm. 
our people understand what we're trying to say, whether we're right or whether we're wrong, whether they agree with us or they don't agree with us. We appreciate that and we want that. But the people who don't, that's cool. You know, so we're not mm-hmm. for everybody. And that's where I think today when we, we look at branding, branding has gone wrong where we try to be for everybody. And that doesn't exist mm. because when you try to be for everybody, you become something for nobody. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I think that's probably partly to blame on, on, on social media where, yeah. And, and also I think there's a huge, like entrepreneurs went crazy on metrics and yeah. I've seen so much, I see so much like, uh, I mean, literally you can scroll on whatever feed you want and advice wow. and people sharing or asking questions about, and this went up and that went down and it's better to write this way for it to work for whatever algorithm. And I was like, are there any people there left, you know, little yeah. human beings? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. And we, we've also become content whores where we have mm-hmm. created so much content that it just overwhelms, right? So instead of using content, and, and I mean, we do the same thing in some con- in some in some um, context of uh, of podcasting because we do a lot of podcasts. We do about four podcasts a week, but mm-hmm. we have so many great interviews, and there's so much that's happening right now. It, it has to be talked about. But the thing is, most content, most branding, most content um, creators, they just create content to create content, not because mm-hmm. it's it's a great you know subject that they need to hit. Well, if it's a great subject, then that subject will carry on. You can use pieces of it later. You can have audio, you can have video, mm. you can have all this stuff that could last for months or weeks, right? You don't have to put something out new every single day. Mm, absolutely yeah there's so much like uh, different um, artificial intelligence intelligence uh, projects yeah. now that can write and I've, yeah. I've tried them just just for fun mm-hmm. and i was like oh my god i mean it, like people are talking about well maybe that's it it's uh, the end of you know copywriters career and, and stuff and i'm thinking <laughs> no actually it's not bad it's it's better than i expected it's not bad but yeah. it's the same sort of a blur that you can read about everywhere. And yes. I'm like, so yeah, those copywriters will be replaced by artificial intelligence. The yeah. real good ones, the real good writers, the real good articles, they won't. And, right. and it's probably it's probably a good thing then because, you know, those who were writing that sort of blah that now artificial yeah. intelligence can write, they can go and find themselves other jobs. <laughs> yes. I, I, think, I think that is the case in just about any uh, industry because we talk about that with recruiters because the, mm. autom- the, the automation of recruiting, a lot of the tasks of recruiting, um, if you're a great recruiter, you're not worried about that. Right. But mm-hmm. if you're if you're a sucky recruiter, if you're, you know, halfways kind of good recruiter, you should be worried because mm-hmm. most of the tasks that you do every day and then you pretty much pin your life on, they're going to be taken away. You've got to mm-hmm. be better. Yeah, absolutely. That was going to be one of my questions. Like, how do you feel um, technology has affected uh, HR? Because you've been yeah. in space for quite some time. Yeah, not it's it's not happening fast enough. We in mm. HR, well, first and foremost, recruiting doesn't get the, the the props that it deserves because no company exists today without talent in the space. You can't you you can't develop uh, products, code. You can't sell things. You can't message things. You can't market. You can't customer service it. You can't retain customers 
without people in the seats, right? Mm. And one of the problems, and, and, and I blame HR and talent acquisition for much of this, is that we're not articulating the actual business message to say, look, if we don't have these positions filled, then it's going to affect the bottom line negatively, which means we're going to be losing money. So mm. we need more money. We need better tech. We need better processes to be able to do this better because HR and talent acquisition recruiting lags behind mm. sales and marketing. But guess what? Sales and marketing does not exist without recruiting and talent acquisition. We are the heart, the engine, the soul of every organization. Mm, absolutely. And I think, I mean, it, it's crazy that it's still, you still have companies that are not even that small, but a decent size that don't even like, they wouldn't even have an HR or they would feel, you know, that whoever can do that. And it's like, yeah. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just, yeah. And on that, what do you feel are some of the most common mistakes entrepreneurs make when it comes to, to recruitment? Yeah, recruitment. I think a lot of it, and this and this is broad based because I do uh, advise startups. Is is discipline and focus, right, or the other way around, focus and then the discipline beyond the focus. Uh, you know, one of the things that we need to do is try once again to try to stop this for everybody thing. We know who our niche is. We know who our target is. That's who we go after. As we understand our total addressable market. We have to try to not go after more and more and more because, you know, it, it, you don't have the resources. You don't have the funding. You have to be able to be focused. You have to be able to be disciplined. The same thing with recruiting. If you're ready to start building a marketing department. Okay. That's great. If you're not, you have to wait. You have to wait till those phases of your business uh, are ready. Right. So it's all about focus. It's all about discipline in all of the aspects of uh, of what you do. Mm. And at what stage would you say, that might be a silly question, but I just came up with it now. At what stage would you say a business should um, either have an in-house HR specialist or turn for advice to, to an agency? Yeah, I think that has to do with growth and the the size of the organization, how many people you actually have. Um, it, it should happen relatively early, though, because you need to be able to build infrastructure. And, 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 and I'll use a sales analogy. When you build sales teams, and I've done this before, you have to build infrastructure so that you can scale for growth, right? And this is one, one thing that businesses are very, very focused on. How do we scale for growth in revenue? Okay, that's great. But how do you scale for growth in actual people? Because again, you can't have product, you can't have sales, you can't have customer service, you can't have any of this without talent acquisition, recruiting, HR, so on and so forth. So even while you are focusing on, because I know revenue is incredibly important and to be able to tell a CEO, you need to, you need to start with HR before sales is they, they're just not going <laughs> to listen. You should try around the, the exact same time to start looking at infrastructure, building infrastructure, and then how it's going to scale. That's another thing that startups fail to do. They just put a person in and they don't focus toward the future. Uh, they do in sales for the most case, 
cases, how do we how do we scale? But they don't mm. from a, a workforce standpoint. And that is even more important than sales, because, again, we're, we're HR and talent is touching more than just that sales department, marketing department, mm. uh, development, product, so on and so forth. Do's and don'ts for HR specialists. Can you say on that? I would say do embrace automation uh, because it's going to take the mundane and the, 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 the tasks that just suck your day away. It's going to take that away and look for those, right? So look for those, the, those platforms that can actually help you take away that so that you can do the human part of human resources, right? Because mm. we've gotten away from that. And, and here's j- just a, a quick story. So what happened was we had newspapers and then to be able to apply for the most part, you'd had to go in and actually fill out an application. Well, they, they, there's only so many people that are going to be able to do that, right? Versus if you put it online, you open it up to everybody and then a flood of resumes start coming in. That is incredibly hard to manage. And then as that grows, what happens? It's called the black hole. Most of those individuals are never touched. They're never even told whether they got the job. They were even, you know, mm. even in the process, right? So that hurts our brand dramatically as well. So from our standpoint, what we need to be able to do is use automation to ensure that we're providing a great candidate job seeker journey while we can actually be humans and provide that white glove approach and mm. touch you know, velvet rope kind of VIP treatment to individuals who we really want to get into the interviewing process and we really want to get into our organization. And we touched on uh, automation and, and digitalization, and that's obviously been accelerated with COVID mm-hmm. uh, in the past. This is we come up to what, two years now? Yeah. Actually, we forgot about COVID, but um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when it was there, the, the, I'm, I'm more like want to touch on the changes in not just in in recruitment and and in how people work like what what are your thoughts and what is your experience on for example like a lot of people are turned to working from home and how do you feel will that stay how is that affecting hr in general yeah i think it's pretty amazing because you know companies for decades have said you can't do this job from home and then a pandemic comes and in two weeks everybody's working from home everybody who can work from home is working from home. Uh, I think this demonstrates that we have the ability to do much more than we think we can. Uh, we managed from home. We actually set record uh, sales and profits. I mean, we did so much, uh, but from the employee standpoint, what did we gain from this? We gained autonomy for the most part, right? We, we've, mm. we gained the opportunity to take our kids to school come back, do work, take our, pick our kids up from school, take them to football practice, mm-hmm. take them to whatever, right? And then come back and maybe do a little work after dinner or something like that. But at the end of the day, that was up to me. I had the mm-hmm. autonomy to be able to meet my goals and to focus on my, you know, my, my project deadlines and those types of things. And just as long as I met them, who cares whether I work 20 hours, 30 hours, 40, mm-hmm. 60, 80, who cares what I worked? I got the job done. Hmm. We are having a different narrative now around what work looks like and what for, for, for a person, what life looks like in the United States. 
um, we, you know, we live to work where the rest of the, the rest of the, the, the globe, I think works to live. Right. Mm. And we're starting, I think, to change our, our mindset in, in some cases. And, you know, from, from a GDP standpoint, which, um, you know, we, we really focus on that to drive and drive the, the, the economy in the world. But the thing is for a person, what's more important, our GDP or my happiness? Mm. And we're, we're starting to think much different about that. We're starting to think more European. Mm. Yeah. That's the hustle, hustle culture, which yeah. I, I'm like, ah, oh, this, I, I think, like you say, I think it's changing, but yeah, it, it's, it's, it's something that, uh, you know, the, no, there are still those articles like, and those successful people, they wake up at 3 a.m. And, and I'm like, oh, Jesus, I'm such a loser. <laughs> it's like, well, it's, it's all it's all it's all a bullshit narrative is what it is. And and what we've seen from a lot of this content is uh, what what companies want you to see and believe. It's much like Gordon Gecko from Wall Street. Right. Greed mm. is good. No, it's not. And it's proven that it's not good. Right. And, and, and for us, if I'm getting the job done, it doesn't matter. You, sh you shouldn't have to be watching me and monitoring me on my mm. computer, for goodness sakes. Yeah. If I get it done, I get it done. If I don't, that, that's a problem. Yeah, and, and I was also that the, you have that where people are like, yeah, but uh, you know, if people work at home, how am I going to see what they're doing and how can I trust them? And like, if you have those problems with those people, like if you don't believe if you're not sitting behind their back, they're doing their job well, then you shouldn't be working with those people anyway. No, we, just, you, you should not be managing. You should not be managing and or leading people. If you can't actually set up goals, and this is more, I think, from my military, you know, framework mm -hmm. days, my brain is if you don't, it, it, I didn't have to, to, to watch people to know whether they were doing what they were supposed to be doing or not. Cause I saw if the job was getting done, if mm. they are not setting goals and objectives that's that's on the management that's not on the worker i don't know what you're doing well that's your fault you should be setting up goals and objectives that i should be hitting on a daily basis and mm. then you would know what i would be doing so they they try to turn the narrative to the employee and oh we have to watch them because we're no that just mm. means that you're a horrible leader because you didn't set up the right framework to ensure that the entire team was actually doing what needed to get done so that as a team, mm. we can get the job done. Mm, absolutely. That's funny. It's kind of, I make that parallel in my head because um, one of my kids had an extra, so the teacher put her, gave her an hour extra at school, which is usually reserved as punishment mm -hmm. for, for when they misbehave. She did that for her not having a great mark in some whatever, Yes, they did. So uh -huh. I was like, no freaking way that's happening because like, I, I obviously want her to learn and yeah. you know, I want her to do better, but that is a punishment. You can't punish a kid for not doing well a test. Like that's you not doing your job to teach them. And yeah, possibly she needs help and I can do that at home and you can do that at school, but you're not punishing her. You're not putting that in, uh, in her head. You know, you're punished Yeah. for it. It just doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's a similar logic, I guess. Um, thoughts on diversity and inequality in the working space. Like what are your thoughts? What is your experience? So yeah, it's, it's, it's running rampant and we hear a lot of people talking about it and doing nothing. I think that the only thing that will fix this 
worldwide um, because we have wage inequality, we have uh, position inequality. I think we have less than than 10 females as CEOs in the Fortune 500, right? That mm. That's that's, I mean, that's not even close to equal. If you take a look at the population, we're 50-50. Mm. As a matter of fact, there are more females than there are males. So therefore, it's off. The only thing that's going to fix this, Tatiana, one thing, transparency. If we get out there and we demonstrate from top to bottom who's getting paid what, who's in what roles, who's getting you know promoted, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If we provide transparency, then we can point out where the problems are at. But the mm. problem is it we're not transparent enough. I know in Europe, you guys are much more transparent than what we are in the U.S. But if we want to move the needle at all, we need to we need to open the kimono. We need to show the, you know, the, the skeletons in the closet and we need to fix mm. it. And that's the only way I believe that companies are going to fix it. And, and here's a great example. The women's soccer or football team, uh, they actually went to court and they won or they actually, you know, they, they, they got a, uh, a equal deal with the men's mm. soccer team, right? Because they were getting paid less. Now, the mm. women's soccer team was much more successful. They'd won championships. They'd won World Cups. And the men team, to be quite frank, sucked comparatively. <laughs> But yet the women were getting paid less. Well, only because of transparency and the women knowing what they were getting paid versus what the men were getting mm. paid. Did they that allow for equity to happen? That to me is 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 really just an example of what we need to do on a much broader scale, top to bottom. Transparency, definitely. And I think also everybody should feel involved. And, and do something, even if it feels like a small thing. And mm -hmm. I've thought about that because you mentioned the football team. Uh, we we had some school event with the kids. Jesus, I talk about kids a lot. Um, <laughs> no, I'm like, I'm not the typical mother. <laughs> but we had that school event and uh, it was about exactly that. It was about inequality in sports and there yeah. were like pictures and, and talks about uh, women in sport and, and how they're underpaid and whatever. But like me working in marketing, I, I know and uh, I'm, I'm all for equality and it should be transparent, it should be open, but I also... Uh, I'm very aware of we are each one of us part of the problem because I was walking around there and I was like, I'm not a huge fan of football, but I can probably like close my eyes and name 10 footballers from men football. Mm -hmm. I cannot right. name one woman. I cannot. And and the problem is, sure, we can demand higher pay, but mm -hmm. if there's not, you know, if people are not filling up stadiums and uh, are not watching those games, there's no, you know, there's no advertising budget, there's no budget to pay. So there, there is that um, other side of the coin as well, where each one of us has to take responsibility. I agree. But the thing is, on the women's U.S. soccer team, they had more people in the stands. They had more money hmm. coming in. They, really? they actually, oh, yeah, they outshined the men's soccer team when it came to revenues, which means, hmm. to be quite frank, they should be getting paid more than the men. Uh, so yeah. I agree with what you're saying. But in this case, it entirely just unbalanced. Mm, I'm, I'm glad they got that sorted. Yes. Yes. Transparency. That's what did it. Mm, absolutely. What's next for for Chad and Cheese? World domination. Um, I think <laughs> yeah. it's 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 funny. So we we have actually just 
started working with a company called Veritone, uh, and they have cloned our voices. This is going to sound so, so cool. Okay. <laughs> they've, cloned, they've cloned our voices, uh, and we are now doing uh, four foreign language podcasts. So oh, wow. all of our all of our weekly shows, and I'll send you a link to them so that you can post them. Uh, all of our weekly shows are now our cloned voices are translated into French, into Spanish, into German, and Portuguese. So we have four additional shows to our Chad and Cheese podcast that we have right now. So you can go search the Chad and Cheese on Spotify or, or Apple or what have you. Um, and and from our standpoint. You know, many people are like, oh, wow, that's really going to grow your audience. And, and it's like, well, that's not 100% of why we're doing it. We're doing it to, to demonstrate that we know that those individuals are listening to us. We have listeners in France. We have listeners in Germany. We have listeners all over the world. But mm. it's our start to demonstrate that, you know, we talk about tech and automation and all the coolness mm. that's happening out there. Uh, we should be embracing it as well. And we should be pressing other people to do the exact same thing. So yeah, if you go to Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts and just look for the Chad and cheese, you'll find the Chad and cheese podcast, which is in English. That's our native tongue. And then you will find our cloned voices. I kid you not synthesized cloned voices. I didn't even know that's doable. (laughs) Yes. And Veritone again, Veritone, a, a partner of ours, uh, and they're in one of our sponsors, Panda Logic. Uh, we're working very closely with them because AI is like a puppy. Okay, you don't just get AI, and an AI is perfect right out of the box. Mm. You've got to work with it. It's got to train. It's got to learn. You've got to teach it not to go, you know, in the house. Right? You got to teach mm. all these things, and that's what we're doing with it now. So I think we have like four episodes out in these foreign languages. And uh, we're just tweaking every week and it's been, it's been a blast. So that's, that, that's our, that, that's our, our, our thing that we're working on now. And then we're going to be moving toward uh, a video version of the podcast. Uh, that's, uh, there's a lot of work to be done, Tatiana. There's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like it. <laughs> I was just going to say, what, I mean, you, you do the podcast, you mentioned you have events, you have sponsors. Can people yeah. just like reach out to you for advice or what type of, a, what type of yeah. services or things can you help with? Yeah, you can go to chadcheese.com and uh, there's a contact form there. And we have people reach out to us all the time uh, to be able to, I mean, I, we get at least 20 uh, requests a day for people to come on the show from an interview standpoint. Uh, but we also get startups. We get uh, companies who've been around for a while to uh, you know either have us come on site and, and have a day with them and their teams and or uh, maybe just a quick 15 minute call uh, to be able to talk about the market and, and those types of things. Uh, mm-hmm. We want to be accessible as much as as much as we possibly can, uh, because our listeners and that feedback and that engagement is, is really our life's blood. We sit behind a microphone like this talking to each other, you know, in, in different locations and, and we put it out there and we know that people listening listen because we see the download numbers. But until you get that response and that reaction, mm. that's what we live off of. That's that's how we live and breathe. All right. Well, it's it's been a pleasure. Uh, I was going to say, where can people reach you? Last thing. I'm obviously going to include all the links in the sure. comments after. But yeah, just 
You can Google Chad Sowash, S-O-W-A-S-H. I'm the only one, I believe, in the world. You can go to LinkedIn. Hey. I'm there. <laughs> click, click, click on, you know, cl- click on uh, connect on LinkedIn uh, or go to chadcheese.com or uh, the Chad and Cheese podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Chad. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. No, it's been great. Thanks so much for having me on. Thank you for joining us in this episode of Smart Branding Podcast. Feel free to visit smartbranding.com for more information and reach out if you have any suggestions, questions, ideas, or just want to learn more about how a good domain name strategy can help you build a strong and successful brand. See you next time.